0: Discovering new diseases and why it's important. That is our Tuesday topic with Dr. John Hallberg. It's called the Undiagnosed Diseases Network. In a recent issue of JAMA, the Journal of the American Medical Association talked about a new effort at the National Institutes of Health. It's for patients who don't have a diagnosis for their symptoms. This has consequences in the clinic and on the patient's treatment, too. And that's where Dr. John Hallberg comes in. He is our regular medical analyst and a physician in family medicine at the University of Minnesota. John, welcome back.
1: Hi, Tom. Thanks.
0: So tell us about this Undiagnosed Diseases Network. What is it and what's behind it?
1: Yeah, so starting in 2008, the National Institutes of Health started this undiagnosed diseases program where they would see about 150 people a year who are culled from a lot of, you know, something like 6,000 phone calls might come in in a given year of patients who have frustrating, complicated symptoms, they don't have a diagnosis, they've been all over the country, they've seen everybody, and they still don't know what's wrong with them. So this network idea is to expand what's already happening at the NIH to six other uh, medical centers around the country so that more people can get this intensive care.
0: Let's back up with the definition here. And when does a, an ailment, or really a collection of symptoms actually become a disease and get a name.
1: Yeah, or you're having a diagnosis. I mean, it's really uh, interesting. It could be as simple as someone has really bad hip pain, we get an x-ray and we see that they've fractured their hip. Well, they have a fractured hip. That's their diagnosis. That's the name of their condition. Certain infectious diseases, we know that if a certain microbe is isolated from a culture, a strep throat culture, for example, they have strep throat. That's the disease. Yeah, but then in case of mental illness, for example, it's like you have to have a variety of symptoms and potentially some observable findings or signs and that people get together and decide that that's what we're going to call that particular condition or that diagnosis or that disease. So it runs the gamut and it's actually much more complicated than we might think.
0: Is there actually a uh, official repository or directory of disease?
1: <laughs> there is. And, in fact, uh, on October 1st in this country, all of us switched over to something called ICD-10, the International Classification of Diseases 10th edition. Yeah. And there are tens of thousands of conditions, diagnoses, diseases listed there. So that's probably the one repository that we have.
0: Now, what about ailments that we either uh, we can identify or haven't identified yet? What is that process like to identifying the disease?
1: You know, it's a bit tricky. You know, we we think in primary care that we can diagnose something like 80 to 90 percent of the things that we see come in the door. But there are times when we're stumped. You know, we'll order lab tests. We'll do imaging studies. We'll do what we can to sort of figure this out. And we still don't have a name or a diagnosis for a person's symptoms. We'll then refer to our specialty colleagues. They, in turn, will try and figure it out. Sometimes they can't figure it out. So then people might be referred to a place like the University of Minnesota or the Mayo Clinic where you've got people on the cutting edge doing research, conducting studies, Sometimes they're stumped. And then that's where this uh, process would come in, is that people might go to an undiagnosed disease program.
0: To a non-medical professional, this sounds a bit ominous, a little potentially frightening, that there are diseases looming. (laughs) Is that what we're talking about? And we just don't know when they're going to uh, attack us. No, I
1: think that the the bottom line is that because we have now mapped out the human genome, and we can do something called next-generation sequencing, you can finally take people who have had symptoms maybe their whole lives, or that have been going on for a while now, or there's something in a family. You've kind of noticed that certain people in a family have certain traits, and no one's ever figured out what was wrong with those folks. Well, we now have the tool that allows us to figure that stuff out. We're not talking about, for example, a new mosquito-borne illness or something like that. That's something that the CDC, for example, will be really on top of. But this is really stuff maybe we already have, and it's often very genetically or metabolically linked.
0: Why is this so important, in the clinic as a doctor or as a patient to name the disease.
1: Yeah. So this is something that's been going on since the time of the ancient Egyptians, something like 2000 BC. Hippocrates you know, was very well known for making diagnoses such as diabetes. So there's something very primal, something very basic about we human beings needing to know what's wrong with us. And we need a name for it. I see this all the time in clinic. And so I think that if we're not feeling well, we're suffering from something, There is comfort in knowing what it is, even if you can't treat it, because at least you know you can look it up, you can read about it, you know kind of the course of it. And the vast majority of the time, there is something we can do about it and treat it and make people feel better.
0: And now it sounds like there's even more resources that could be available.
1: Absolutely. This is really interesting. And I think that the fact that the NIH is expanding this program across the country is good news for a lot of people who just frankly haven't been able to get in yet.
0: John, thanks for coming in and telling us a little more about uh, the Undiagnosed Diseases Network. I appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. Thank you, Tom.
0: Dr. John Holberg is our regular medical analyst here on All Things Considered and a physician in family medicine at the University of Minnesota.